have landed on the Business Conservatory Podcast. This is a transparency-driven podcast helping you understand your unlimited earning potential. If you are ready to crush it with your business, let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to an amazing episode of the podcast. If I'm going to be really real with you, I've been waiting weeks to record this episode. This episode is probably going to be the episode that will give you guys both the most aha breakthrough moments and also give you simultaneously the most action steps to help make your visual brand identity impactful. Because when we're business owners, there's a lot of times where we're posting on social media, we're showing up authentically, we're posting on the feed, we're posting on stories. But what does it take as business owners to make that visual brand identity recognizable to our audience instantly? And I want you to create that irresistible appeal that will not only get you noticed and recognized, but help make your brand more money because that is what it is all about. Today's episode, we're going to be diving in with Haley Roper. Haley is behind the scenes on some of the most impactful business names in the entire industry. She is insanely impressive. One of the most brilliant minds I've ever talked to when it comes to design in general. So this is a true honor and a real treat. Haley, thank you so much for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Of course, of course. So first, I wanted to just kind of briefly talk about how we met. Like we actually have the opportunity to work on a team with each other. We work for India Earl together. And so that's how Mm -hmm. I got the chance to kind of work with you. And of course, when I first met you, I knew that you were incredible at graphic design and obviously still are. But one of the things that really struck me about working with you was you did graphic design, but you approached it very differently, almost from the mind of a strategist. And I, as I continued to get to know you, I was really impressed with the ways that you were able to kind of have these brilliant strategy moves through design. You you weren't just someone that just like applied colors to stuff and made made certain fonts, you know, appear a certain way. You were able to use design to be the ultimate power move to make products sellable and make consistent six-figure launches with all of your clients. And so I'm really excited to be able to use a lot of what we've learned in working together and be able to kind of also pull back the curtain on how you do things. So that way everyone listening can really be able to like utilize that and actually implement that into their brand and make it irresistible. So if I could, I one of the things that really struck out to me the most that I've honestly been dying to ask, hands down, this had to be my first question. One of your big talking points is integrating empathy into design. I wanted to just kind of ask you really quick, why is it important for brands to have empathy? And how does that make a brand more irresistible? You know, empathy is what has made me the designer I am today. And the strategist that I am today, I wouldn't be where I'm at without it. And um, I think a lot of the brands that I've helped wouldn't be. I am 10 years into this experience as a business owner and a strategist and designer And the first couple of years was great. You know, it was focused on design and I was doing great and creating beautiful things, but it still lacked some strategy behind it. I feel like it still didn't help my clients with sales and it still didn't help them feel connected to their brands. And then I went through one of my hardest obstacles in my life and I became pregnant with my first and he was diagnosed with a life limiting diagnosis. And we learned that he was going to pass shortly after he was born. And I really closed down and really 
kind of lost myself and who I thought I was and who I thought I was as a designer and shut down for a bit. And it's interesting, though, that design ended up being the one thing that kept me focused and be able to come out of like a dark place. And I really started to connect with other people and other, um, not just designers, but just people. And I started to create, even if it was just quotes or social stories of um, sharing my story about Ivor and my grief. And people started to really connect to it. And it was through those visuals that people felt like they wanted to use them and were like, hey, can I use this? This is the first time I felt like I could really tell my story because you gave me this design or this platform to really share it. And as I came out of that and restarted my business, it really began rooted in empathy. I realized that it is so much easier for a brand and for someone to tell their story, to carry forward their brand when it's rooted in themselves and they know how to share it because it's just based on empathy. It's based on diving into the shoes of not only yourself, but your audience caring and knowing what they need and what they want. If a brand is not rooted in that, then it is so much harder to not only attract the audience and keep them, but like sell them on something, you know, it has to be authentic. It can't be about the money. It has to be about the people. There's a quote that I love from um, a really great design expert, Debbie Millman, and she says, the common denominator in design is reaching people. The only way to do that is to be able to reach people in their hearts, and that requires empathy. That requires a level of understanding of human behavior, of behavioral psychology that necessitates a way into understanding what it is fundamentally important to someone. So like, unless you know what's important to your audience, what they care about, you can't understand their human behavior. You don't understand what they need and what they want. And so, yeah, after it's interesting that such an obstacle in my life ended up being such a game changer for my own brand and for others is empathy. And it really has just been such an incredible experience to see when other brands start diving into empathy and caring about their story and the their audience, how much of a difference it can make. Oh my gosh. First off, I have to say, like, just right out of the gate, the fact that you are willing to come to the table literally within the first like minute or two of this episode and share something so deeply personal is so not only incredibly powerful, but just awe-inspiring. Bring me back to the moment where you realized that design was your way through dealing with this traumatic situation. What was that like for you? And how did you come to realize that you could make your own impact and ability 10 times stronger? At first, it's interesting because when you think of like people who have created things because of grief, you think about like big art pieces, like there's like the Guernica and the pyramids, they were based on death. So like, there was almost this pressure on me that I was like, oh, am I supposed to create create something great because mm-hmm. of my pain and emotion? But once I like gave up on that, I started to really start healing through design when I just let it lead me through finding symbolism in his story of my son's story through like the sun and Vikings and cha- taking those symbolism and transferring them into telling stories And then when I was able to tell his story, I was able to understand how to kind of translate that into design. So yeah, I began to tell his stories a lot easier and I used the symbolism 
in telling his stories. And I started to translate them into visual aspects. You know, I started creating logos for my own son. I branded my son. I created, you know, this little symbol of him. His name is based off of a, a Viking and I designed a baby with a Viking head. And I just kind of like expanded from there. And I even like did it into sewing and I just figured out ways to tell a story through symbolism and that translate directly into design. And so design started to really heal me in a way that I didn't know was possible. And then as I started to heal through design, grief made me a better designer. So it's funny that it coincided with one another, that it not only healed me, but it also allowed me to become a better designer. They really just were compatible to one another. And so I took what I learned in my own grief and my own storytelling and my own symbolism and really started to translate that into my clients, into their brands. You know, if it worked for me and I saw that system and how beautiful it was, it was so much easier for my clients to do that themselves. And it's been beautiful seeing these brands unravel when we really dig deep which is uncomfortable, but that's what I'm there as a designer. It's not just to be like, so what looks cool? What's fun? Like what feels like you, you know, like we're going to get deep. We're going to figure out your story. We're going to figure out what these like deep rooted things are within your brand. And we're going to tell that through symbolism, which is design. The really cool thing for those of you who have not had the opportunity to see what Haley does and the ways that her branding abilities really like shine forth is it's not just the logo. It's not just the colors. It's the full ecosystem. Like you see little nuances of thoughtfulness through icons, through the way things are oriented, through shape, through form, through hierarchy, through things that, you know, as you are building your website and you're thinking, you know, gee, what's going to make this look the coolest and what's going to be the most attractive? The thing that really stuck out to me was she, she took the idea of brand visuals from something that was, oh, these are the things that I need to have in order to appear cool and find a way to make a brand truly reflect on a very inward level who someone is. Everything is purposeful. And so for you, when you are working with a brand and trying to make everything purposeful, do you find that it's easy for business owners to be able to integrate that personal aspect of themselves into their branding? Or do you find that that can often be a, you know, a whole journey in and of itself? You know, at first it's a journey, right? I think a lot of people are scared to create a brand that truly reflects them. They have, you know, I think you mentioned it the other day of, you know, cherry picking different ideas, different brands for different people. And then they try to make it all come together. Well, it's a mush of bunch of different people right. the same as like a brand and it never feels like it's you so of course you can't carry it forward so when you start your brand based on your audience and your story your business's story and you create from that base and that story and build from that it is so much easier to carry forward when it's your colors we talked about those colors and why they represent certain things and how to use them and the purpose behind them and how to use them on a page and in marketing, how they translate as well as logos and type hierarchy. You know, when it all starts from a true sound base, then it really is so much easier to carry your brand forward because it's not a mush of a bunch of different ideas. It's like centered. The thing that kind of blew me away based on what you said was you're really giving people the opportunity to explore branding in a way that they've never seen it before. It's something that 
sudden, you know, once was rooted in seeing examples of things that you thought would be cool and taking that and completely throwing brand in a different space, which is in order to create a brand that people will remember and people will feel irresistibly attracted to, it starts from within, which you said can be a scary place. So for someone who knows that they need to create a brand that wants to begin the journey of looking like that and is scared, what do you say to that person? And how do you get them to feel comfortable starting initiating the process? You know, before jumping into your brand's visual identity, it's important to take a step back and define your brand and define its strategy. So what is that? It's your tone of voice. It's your style. It's how you would describe your brand. What's your goals? What would you describe your brand's personality is? Who's your audience? You know, you really need to have a base understanding of what your business is and the strategy behind it, because then your visual identity would have no strategy and no connection to it if it's not based on that. So if they're really wanting to, you know, either rebrand or refocus on their brand, it's getting back to the basics of your business, you know, evaluate and ask yourself those questions and really dig deep. And that's why I think a lot of the time it's best to hire a professional or brand strategist because these type of questions are almost supposed to be a conversation. You need perspective and it's hard to get that perspective when you are the owner of it. You can like even I a brand strategist doing it for 10 years, you know, I need to sit down and I need to talk to my brand about someone because I need someone else's perspective. I need someone to ask the questions that I may not thinking of asking myself. And so if you can't hire a designer or a professional, you know, it's even sitting down with a friend, a spouse, a partner and saying, you know, like, let's talk through these things about my brand with me and maybe ask me questions I'm not thinking about. And that will really help you identify what you want your brand to look and feel like. That's really, really honestly, something that I feel like is completely overlooked in this space. The idea of integrating who you are and having the origin of that brand experience start from a conversation. Like you said, whether it be a professional or a friend. And if I may, like I remember when we worked on my branding and specifically we were on the topic of my colors. And, you know, as far as colors go, I could always tell you what my favorite color was. I'd be like, oh, like I'm really drawn to like, you know, these shades of neutral and like these kind of topes. And I'm, I want it to have a neutral look and feel. But I remember specifically you had asked me about my experience with my previous business and why we framed everything the, the way that we did. And I remember talking about how a lot of our work in the photography business was kind of sad and kind of had a, an essence of melancholy because of the struggle it took to build the business in the first place. And I was like, you know, if, if we could integrate a color that reflected the aspect of the melancholy while also nodding to the hope of the future and seeing what that entails, it completely takes the idea of color theory to a whole different place to where when I'm posting a graphic on my feed and when I'm thinking about the messaging behind the post, I know that the color that's going to go with it really reflects not just what's going to look cool and what makes me instantly recognizable, but that is the essence of me and who I am. And so when you're thinking about your colors, and we're going to dive into this a little bit into the episode, colors, fonts, 
visuals, icons, everything like that. I'm telling you guys, it's so much bigger and so much better than what it initially seems when you're starting to cultivate it. So I really appreciated you challenging me in that aspect and being able to really extract part of where I come from. And I think the other thing too that I really got from you when you were sharing your story was, you know, even if you're a first time business owner and you haven't been in business for a while, you can still pull aspects of your life that have nothing to do with your business or your business mm-hmm. background in order to create that brand identity. Like, for example, you with when you said that you branded your your grief and your experience with your son, you know, what informed the colors that allowed you to do that? And, you know, tell us a little bit about the colors you selected. Yeah. So it's interesting because originally when I graduated design school, I like did like my own branding for Haley Roper. And it was this like cobalt deep blue and this light pink. And, you know, as I carried on throughout the years, I tried to stray away from it. It was too colorful. I feel like other like the cool thing was to not have colorful brands because then people thought I could only do color, you know, right. Neutrals are easy. I could easily do neutrals. And so I was like, well, maybe I just need to show neutrals. And I really wasn't even taking my own advice and was going against it. And then after my son passed, you know, I saw myself being impacted by different colors and that blue always came back. And I think it was just a part of me that just understands emotion and sadness and empathy. Blue, that blue just feels like empathy to me. And that light pink kind of felt like a hope, you know, it felt like the lighter side of me. So it was that, that contrast of deep sadness or empathy and the hope and that kind of coincides. And then I was able to also add some of my other colors based on his story. And like, he only lived one hour and before he passed, like golden hour by Casey Musgraves was his song. So we thought it was like a beautiful, you know, sign from him that like that hour was meant to be. And so, you know, pulling in some yellows and oranges just into my life overall and into my brand was very important to me. And so I was able to add some of those colors. And while it's super colorful, I still have those neutrals to balance it out, but it has, I've finally embraced it because it has made it so much easier for my own brand to carry forward because it's so authentic and it's so on brand for what I'm offering my clients, you know? And like I say, I had to sit down. I actually sat down with you and you asked me a bunch of questions because I was so focused in. I had thought about my brand so much. And again, I needed that perspective. Like even though I I knew all these things, I was fighting myself and reevaluating my own thoughts. And so to sit down with you and just talking through them helped me realize, you know, like I'm not going to stray away from these colors that feel authentic to me because they not only represent me, but it's exactly, I think, what my audience would relate to subconsciously. The thing that I'm really taking away from this that's really just like stuck out to me is the aspect of, you know, there are a lot of brands out there and business owners that have really beautiful brands, right? But like the whole the whole message as a whole is maybe saying one thing or like communicating one micro piece of the puzzle. But what you're really indicating here is that you know, in order for brands to really take it that next step of elevating it to a a brand that not only reflects you, but is instantly recognizable is the aspect that like truly there is no reason why every aspect in its micro sense shouldn't be intentional and shouldn't tie back to you in a certain Mm -hmm. way. And so for for you, maybe speaking to someone who's come to you, that's been, you know, DIY in their brand, 
for a number mm-hmm. of years and bringing it back to, you know, why they should consider designing it in this way. Why do you feel like having each piece intentionally tie back to you? Why do you feel like that's more impactful than just throwing a bunch of colors together that means something in its whole, if that makes sense? Well, first, when it has purpose behind it and strategy that easily relates to you and you've talked through and thought through and it's part of you like subconsciously, then it's so much easier to create with. You're not fighting this like internal struggle of like, well, I don't love this color, but it looks good. And it's, it's what I think my, I think my audience might want, then I'm just going to keep using it. And it's just this like internal struggle that you like might keep fighting. And so when there is that strategy behind it and it is based off your seller, it's just easy. So then once it's easy, it also converts and it sells because it's authentic, because it's easy for you, because it is targeted towards your audience and it's what you know they want. That makes so much sense. And honestly, when I experienced having branding done intentionally in that way, I remember how crazy it was the first like day or so I had that brand because like I was really excited to share, you know, oh, these are my fonts. These are my colors. And, you know, I would show them and I, I noticed that I didn't have to explain myself in the same ways that I used to. Cause when I did my branding before and when I was doing it all myself, there was kind of this aspect of me feeling like I needed to explain myself all the time. And it, it really hindered my ability to feel seen and appreciated for like who I was. Whereas when I had that cohesive, like every piece intentional, everything had its purpose. I felt like even in the sales process too, of like getting on a sales call and trying to talk someone through working with me, I found that there was this, this familiarity that the customer had with me that I no longer had to spend time justifying who I was or convincing them of my value. And so the, the whole ecosystem of how everything worked together, it might be hard, you know, in the position that you're in as a listener who's just maybe done it yourself or maybe, maybe not had the best experience with brand designers in the past. But I'm telling you, you'll know the trademark of really impactful branding. Like what you said, when you're starting to notice that sales come easier to you, you start to notice that everything starts converting more effectively and you start feeling like more excited about showing up online because everything is a pure and true reflection of your authenticity and who you are. And I think what this all boils down to is the reason why so many of the brands that you work with are industry leading, are like ahead of the pack and seem to just be like dominating in their space is anyone, whether they just found out who they were or a seasoned audience member who's known you for years, can instantly recognize that brand without seeing their face. And it's almost like this synonymous feeling that they're able to get that you're communicating through these visuals, these icons and these colors and these these fonts. And that's something that I feel like if any audience member listening to this, you know, would like to take away Haley is going to just be dropping some honestly, honest to goodness, serious bombs for you in the best way possible of how you're going to be able to elevate your brand and be able to walk away from this episode with tips and tricks to be able to really just instantly make your brand that much more appealing and irresistible. So what I'd like to do if you're open to it is me kind of walk you through some of the heavy hitting questions that I feel like our audience is dying to know so they can, they too can have the impact 
that a lot of your customers have. So if you're cool with that, I'd love to dive in. One of the things that I noticed you talked about, you you shared about it, I think it was on a reel recently, you talked about hierarchy. And that's something that I've never seen any other graphic designer talk about at all. So what is hierarchy and why is it important? Oh, man. And that's funny, because, you know, hierarchy is, is king. It's very important. <laughs> and it's something, you know, we learn is so important in design school. And um, hierarchy is basically communication. It is communicating your message in the most important way. So if you have, say like, you know, you've got this Instagram story and you have a header and a subheader and title and you have all this copy you want to put on it. If you are making it all almost the same size or there isn't enough of a disparity in the sizing or where they're placed, then someone's going to see that and be like, oh, crap, like, what am I supposed to read? Like, where am I? What's like, what's the point of this? And they're just going to be like all over the place. And you instantly lost, instantly lost the person. Guilty. I've done that. Yeah. That you're trying to attract because they just don't know what you're trying to say. So hierarchy is scaling down that content. It is making sure it's the right amount of copy, making sure that the most important thing you're trying to say is biggest on that page. Mm. That the next important thing is quite a bit smaller, a little bit different. You know, sometimes I'll make it in italics where I'll make it all lower caps. And then it's just that hierarchy, like the name is, you know, from most important to least important is laid out on your page. And that just guides your viewer on a journey. You're guiding them, you know, whatever you display, whether it's an Instagram story, a PDF page, a website, you are giving your audience, your client, your buyer, a journey. And hierarchy is the number one thing to use to put them on that journey that you want them to experience. Ooh, you are the queen of hierarchy. Let me just tell you of any, everyone that I've worked with, there is no one that truly is able to capture the essence of effective messaging like you. And I actually learned about hierarchy from you because I remember we were working on um, a sales page for India and I knew like based on my past experience that people, you know, generally when they're looking at a sales page or a website that they'll go through pretty quickly, right? I always say like eight seconds to capture their attention. And the thought hadn't occurred to me that just even the way that you size and position and orient your words and how they appear on the page can be largely responsible for whether they stay or leave in the first place. And mm-hmm. I I made the mental connection in that note where I was like, oh, cr- oh, crap. Like, it's not just about having the right combination of words in the right message that they need to hear. It's how that is displayed. And so what do you typically yes. have that's a good rule of thumb for that when you're helping someone cultivate that hierarchy for themselves? Or is there a rule of thumb? Yeah. Well, like just rolling off what you said, you know, content, you can have great written content, but if it is not displayed and designed with hierarchy in mind, you might as well not have great copy because the person reading it, not even going to read it. Right. You know, it's very important to display it. So I think back to the basics that I would get to give advices is focusing on the idea of a header, a header, a subheader, a paragraph. Mm -hmm. or just small, you know, content and a button. 
you know, if that's your main, your main message that you mm-hmm. want to display. So you've got your header that's 32 pixels if we want to get down to it, you know, and then you've got your subheader that's 22 pixels. And then you've got your paragraph that's like 14 pixels. So you can kind of imagine, you know, big, smaller, smallest. And then that button is a different color. It's got a different background. It's got a different size. And so while the button isn't the most important, it's also maybe something that you want them to click, then it, it can be as important as the header, but it's not like distracting from it. It's just using different design elements like color or shape. But um, yeah, just making it simple, you know, say like you don't have like, it's just a page with a bunch of copy. You know, my advice is to break down that copy into sections, add an image or, you know, like cut down if say like you have like five paragraphs and you really want them to read it, you know, no, I even won't sit down and read the five paragraphs unless it's something I really want to learn about. So, you know, break down those five paragraphs with like visuals or, you know, add like a button or an icon or like a big quote next to it that breaks down the, like the main message, you know, spread out your copy to make it digestible. And that's what hierarchy is. You know, it's, it's like I said, a journey and you want it to be an easy journey. You want it to feel like, again, empathy, that the person writing it, the person talking to you, thought mm-hmm. about you, thought about how all of us have these ADD, ADHD minds. <laughs> like, what's the quick message? That makes so much sense. So much sense. And like, as I'm sitting here, I just feel so spoiled that you're willing to break it down in that way to our audience because like we all see it right like we all see that there's like a header and there's like you know we see that there's font size variation but we never think about how that translates to the customer experience we always think like you know Mm -hmm. oh does that look the way that i want and like sure having it you know appear in a way that is aesthetically pleasing absolutely matters and it, it definitely contributes to the vibe and the overall whole but just you saying that hierarchy is truly an empathetic thing and being able to appreciate it from the customer's point of view, it really takes a whole new dimension of how you design your website, how you design your feed posts and your stories. Mm-hmm. Suddenly everything becomes framed with them in mind, which, you know, I am such like a ride or die believe in, believer in. And I'm so glad that that's something that's always been a core attribute for you. So this kind of ties into my next question, which is, it seems like there are things that we're all subconsciously doing that we don't even realize is completely cheapening our brand. And so give me the hot take. What do you feel like people are doing that is completely cheapening their brand and ruining their user experience? Oh, there's like quite a few things. I think one is like overusing simplified like templates that you can find. So like Canva, big fan, love Canva. And it provides a lot of templates, but there are templates on there that every other person is using. And Mm -hmm. so if you see someone using it and you're like, oh great, I want that template and I'm going to like copy it exactly, but just like change the copy. That is a big sign. You didn't put your own branding into it. So your colors don't match. Your imagery doesn't (laughs) match. Your fonts don't match. So like, how are they going to know it's you? Someone's going to be scrolling and just be like, oh, who's this random, like, have you ever done that? I feel like that's happened to me before, but I'm like, who is this person I'm following? And then I click in and I'm like, oh, I knew that I was following them, but I did not think this is something that they would create. And so, you know, sometimes people just scroll right by and they're not going to read their content because they don't realize it's from you or look at the content. So like, that's a big thing is just not like first using 
overused templates Mm -hmm. or not implementing your own branding. Another one is positioning. That's like a big, easy, easy one, like aligning your copy. So like some people will use like a left aligned text and then a right aligned text and then centered. And then it's like all over the place. And like, it's like, you're almost like making them like bounce all over the page. Mm. Um, so alignment is like a big thing. That's like, I can look at and be like, Oh, a designer definitely didn't do this. It's like all over the place. And then I think too many fonts. If you've got like four fonts going on, if you got like four, four or five fonts going on in a page, like you are causing chaos. And I know (laughs) quickly, I know quickly that that's not done professionally, not using color correctly. You know, sometimes people will do like not enough contrast. They'll have like a really dark background and then slightly light copy on top of it. And so you're like squinting and you can't really read it. Um, so that's another one or like putting it on top of a photo that you're just like, okay, that copy can't be read on top of this photo. So knowing what type of stock or B-real images to use on a background that would use work with that, like that text. Cause like, what's the point of sharing that content? if like people can't read it. Like, cool. It looks pretty, but like, what's the point? How legible is it? By the way, I have to ask yeah. because you brought up fonts. So I have heard a lot of rumors you need to dispel it for me because I don't know if this is true or not I heard a rumor somewhere that it is bad practice to have two different types of fonts or three different types of fonts in your branding where you're interweaving serif and sans serif fonts like is it better to have all one is it proper to mix them what's dispel that for me I don't know so the big thing is it depends if you're a designer and you have background with knowing how fonts work. You know what a serif and a sans serif is. You know how to display them together and you have mastered typography. Then you can for sure use two to three different fonts and interweave them. And it can create some beautiful designs and great emphasis in whatever you're saying. Mm-hmm. And if you had someone brand you, gave you a brand guide, was like, this is how you do it, then yes, 100%. But if you are doing it yourself, you have no understanding of how fonts work together and you're kind of just guessing or looking at other people's, then my thing is stay very simple. Simplify it. You can use italics to emphasize. You can use an underline. But I would not recommend mixing fonts and serifs and sans serifs within a paragraph or with on it like within a page like very complex like in a complex way unless Mm -hmm. it comes with education and a background in typography it seems like it's like a very like deft I don't know if that or deft hand is that (laughs) a very like thoughtful experienced professional so so for all you listening gotta go on your websites friends it it seems like i've seen more bad examples of integrating the two than good so for someone who maybe is like hey i can't afford a professional would you just say a good rule of thumb is to just keep it all the same until you have the opportunity to work with a brand professional yes yes and i know that it can feel like you're like well i think i like i saw someone else do this so i'm just gonna do it but design and type always changes depending on the copy used right so like while someone it looked so like good because someone else did it when you change that copy when you change what that header says when you change what that paragraph says it's going to change the way it looks and so it's hard to exactly copy that and make sure it looks good if 
you're not, you don't have the background of like, it, it takes an eye, a trained eye. I wouldn't even say coming out of design school, I still had the same eye I had now. You know, it takes time to master of like, this looks good. This, this feels right. And so my thing is, it is great and okay to have two to three fonts. Just keep them separate. So if you have a header and you're using a serif, say like you're using Garamond, use Garamond for your header. Use Garamond italicized for your subheader. Use Arial for your paragraph. And then for your button, use... If you have like a third font that you like want like wide and extended, use that font, but keep them separate unless you really know how to integrate fonts, you know, or, you know, by extension, you're able to get a template from a very nuanced designer who's very good. Yes. 1000%. And a good template, I will say, will either have a video or a guide telling you how to integrate those fonts together. So if you're buying a template and it has these like fonts integrated in one another in like a cool designy way, you're most likely going to struggle still because that copy is going to change and it's going to look different. So if the template doesn't have this like guide on typography or this like video explaining, you know, how to kind of make it look good, then you're going to struggle as well. I see that so much. I can honestly attest that the first like three for maybe even five templates that I got, I was so frustrated. It felt like I was just like, I bought something and then I was up a creek without a paddle. And then suddenly like nothing ended up looking even remotely similar to the template that I bought at the end of the day, because I just hacked it to death. And I, that's such like a, that's such a problem for me, which on the topic of templates, I want to circle back on this, but while I'm thinking of it really quickly, I, I wanted to ask, so like if, if you're talking to like someone who has a brand right now, they can't afford a brand designer, but they're looking for a way to elevate their brand instantly. What is in your mind the easiest way for someone to instantly elevate their brand without requiring too much? Oh, totally a template. And like I said, I'm not against templates. I love Canva. There's a lot of really good designers who are selling templates out there. And so templates are such a great way to elevate your brand. But again, I would just read what you're getting and make sure that there is guidance because a template can feel so overwhelming without guidance. It's supposed to be easy, right? And it is, it's easy to change things. Mm -hmm. But if someone's not there to explain why the template was designed the way it was, or they're not explaining, you know, this copy might change. What if this paragraph is a lot longer? What do you do? Do you just like, okay, well, I can't use this paragraph because this design specifically isn't made for it. A good template will have like guidance tutorials or a PDF of like, hey, you know, like this template was made to just easy be a plug and play, but like maybe you have more copy or maybe it needs to be Mm -hmm. a bit more complex. Like, let me tell you what you can kind of do. It's, it's a template, but there's also guidance. So steer clear of being in a position, what you're saying is steer clear of being in a position where you really just have to completely brainstorm everything yourself. And I, I find that to that to be really good advice because, you know, on the one hand, we, we all see templates and we're like, oh, I like how that looks. Like I could see myself really liking that. And, you know, and then you buy it and then you're like, this doesn't look good with my branding on it. Exactly. Or like you are buying it just for like the aesthetic, but then you realize that that design doesn't necessarily equate to being sellable. And that is something that I have found so impressive about what you do. Shameless plug is like, I, I find that because empathy was such like 
you know, just a, a moral core value of yours from the beginning that as you've been trying to figure out ways that you can help people, right? Because people are always asking you for help, but not everyone can afford you, right? Because you, you work with like literally such high level people. And so from, from a standpoint of like a consumer who's like, you know, I want something that's going to look nice. That's going to like sell well. One of the things that I really like about what you're doing is you're like, okay, what is going to make the experience the best for the consumer? So that way it's sellable, but also reflect like strength and integrity visually. And that's something that I've always really appreciated about what you do. And like to the other point that you said, you actually give helpful insights and like step-by-steps and stuff. Like I've never seen anyone do that. And I'm just like, oh, like, where were you like years ago? Like, I mean, I was fortunate enough that I was able to hire you full on, but like, if I wasn't able to hire you full on, like I would have bought these yesterday. So like, I'm really excited. So tell me a little bit about now that you're kind of in this space where you're looking to really help businesses of all kinds, service-based businesses and you know, things like that, you know, when they're trying to cultivate their brand and their visual identity, I want to just know from your perspective, is there anything else that you feel like is a bigger picture component of design that you feel like people are really missing that they can do to really elevate themselves and make their brand stronger? I think one of the biggest things is people always come to me and they're like, Hey, can you just like create me a logo? And there are designers out there who can create you a great logo, but there is, they're just going to like charge you like a cheap amount. You're going to get a logo. It's going to do nothing for you because when you're creating all aspects of things for your, like your brand, whether it be your website, your socials, ads, the logo is not the only thing you're using. And a lot of the time it's displayed as one of the smaller elements on your page. Right. So if you're trying to make someone identify you or you want them to know it's you, that logo is not going to do much for you if it's just hanging out by itself. You know, the colors, the fonts, the imagery, those all work together to display your brand and for your audience to be triggered or notified that it's you. And so I think that is one of the biggest things that I think brands, small businesses don't realize is your logo is not working for you unless you have a full brand. It's just not identifiable enough. And sometimes there's not a place to even put your logo other than like a tiny little note of like to like stamp it of like, this is mine, you can't steal it. Or like, oh, here's like this little plugin. But like usually your copy or your content you're trying to share is more important than your logo. So you're using your fonts, you're using your colors, you're using your layouts, you're using your images to display your brand and say, hey, this is me. So I think that's one of the bigger things is know that your brand is way, way, way more than your logo. I mean, and it's important. Don't get me wrong. But like by itself, it is just floating in the sea and not doing much for you. (laughs) I'm so guilty of that. I think my first logo, I was like, if I just have this, like I'm going to be set. And it was like, literally like trademark 2011 like it was like gray with like a little bit of pink and it had like a feather in it for a photography business oh yeah. i don't know how i don't know how anyone could recognize a photography business out of a, a sideways feather but um, i'll have to show you it because you'll literally die oh yeah but i was convinced i was like if i just had this i'd be made throw it on a business card call it a day and it was just like oh little baby ellie you have no idea 
And, you know, it works fine if you're just like, oh, I need to just like give a business card and just like throw something on there. Or if it's just like you need just something quick, but it's not supposed to do anything for you. It's just like an identifier, like quick. But if you really want to be seen and known and want your audience to understand or see you or be noticed or sales to even work and to convert, then yeah, it's much more than the feather logo. (laughs) So bringing it back, I imagine that there's a handful of people now that are listening to this that are like really now taking into effect Maybe I haven't dove into my brand quite as much as I could have. And maybe I haven't really assessed the aspects that truly make it me. And so one of the things that you were literally just so generous and so kind to be able to extend to our podcast listeners. Oh my gosh, I I don't even want to say it. Like, could you walk through what you've created? Because it is so impressive and y'all are going to die. Tell us a little bit about your color guide. I think the biggest thing that I have people come to me is, especially if they already have a brand, is they have these colors and they really don't know how to use them. I've had actually like three clients previously in like the last three months do that. They're like, I don't like, I have these colors, but I, and there's like six of them. And that's great. If you have six colors, that sounds overwhelming, but it is a good thing. Only if you have strategy behind it. And this is what this PDF, this uh, guide does. But they're like, I'm just using two of them. I'm like, well, those two colors, unless they're like really identifiable, but usually it's like two neutral colors, your brand's not sticking out. So I was like, you know, I really need to create this guide for brands so they can understand what color is, how it affects your brand, how to choose the right colors, and then how to use them. There are a lot of uh, free guides out there, like color palettes, like, oh, choose a color palette that's romantic or whatnot, which is great. Um, You can reference those. But then you don't really know how it translates to your own brand and you don't know how to use them. Like you have six colors. What the heck do you do with it? And how do you not make it look like like pure chaos? Or like apply it personally. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like how does this relate to me? So I created this guide and kind of went through the steps that I would in a brand discovery with a client. And we kind of, I do a quick review of like color psychology and we talk about like how much color really impacts not only your brand, but your audience and kind of what the different colors mean. And then I ask brand strategy questions. These questions are so important to ask yourself before you choose colors and before you use them. So I took them right out from the questions that I asked with, again, four clients, like a big part of our brand exploration. And I lay those out for you to answer, to answer those questions to refer back to. And then I asked them to create a mood board. A lot of the time people think that like translating color, like I can say green is nature or whatever, but it's still hard to like translate that. So if you create a large mood board and then kind of narrow down the colors into like nine different images, then you can see how that emotion is translated into that color. So I think images really help um, identify those colors. And then Canva has this like way nifty update that they did where they can pull colors from your Canva template. I saw that. Like it's your so guide. cool. Yes, it's amazing. And then it pulls all those colors. So you have all those colors from that mood board that you created. And then I kind of break it down on how to choose those six colors because the six colors can feel very, very overwhelming, especially when you're like, okay, well, do I like have like all neutrals? Because sometimes... A lot of designers break it down differently. Some designers right. say, you know, have three neutrals or three primary, two secondary, but it still like doesn't help you like translate it into design very well. You're like, well, I have three primary, but like, when do I use it? 
So I break it down into primary, secondary, and tertiary, and each of those has a light and a dark. And so I kind of guide you through that palette. And then I have examples on how to translate that. I pulled designs directly from the templates that I'll be selling in the next couple months. And they can directly apply those colors, those images, and their fonts into these templates and see if this color is working for their brand. And I sit like within it, I just say, refer back to the questions you answered. Does this page with all those templates and your colors implemented feel like they refer back to that strategy that we reviewed? And so, yeah, I basically, I just guide them through a huge part of my discovery um, that I do with clients that hire me full on to really help them nail down that coloring. Because it's just, especially in on combination with your your imagery, your photography, so important. That's so cool. And I really love that you really intentionally thought of, you know, the strategic darker tones, the strategic lighter tones, because one thing that I see happen a lot, especially when neutral became like a really big thing in the Mm -hmm. industry was like, everyone would have like a color palette of like somewhere between like four to six, like neutrals. And then when it came to actually write text, everything just pat was black. And it was just like, but black might not be the best. Or like they just chose a random brown, not even thinking about what the text would even look like. And if you were to use that handful of neutrals that you picked, suddenly it's like unreadable. And so really giving yourself every opportunity in every different implementation of being able to have something not only legible and, you know, thoughtfully considered, but also just like very well-rounded and balanced. And I think that's what struck me when I first got my colors, which by the way, if you have not had the opportunity to have your colors done professionally, it is like a life altering experience. I, I, I swear I transcended into another dimension because <laughs> I was just like, not only do I feel so understood, I, I was my, uh, my executive assistant, Ashley could tell you I was on the verge of tears because there was, it's, I'm like, why am I crying because of colors? <laughs> like, uh, that's really weird. But like, it was just like, I never felt, yeah, <laughs> I, I've, I've never worked with someone on a truer or a deeper level that has allowed me to feel more deeply understood as an individual and allow me simultaneously to feel that much pride in myself. So it makes me happy. If you want to know the impact of working with someone who not only is an exquisite brand designer, but like truly can convey empathy that's the type of experience you're getting. You can hire anyone to design out a logo and some few colors and pick out some fonts for you. But this is this is what the elevated experience is like. So for all of you who can spring for it and are open to what the possibilities for you could be like when you work with someone who really knows what they're doing, that is just a, a small fragment of what I experienced. But if you're not in the ballpark of doing it, like Haley said, you know, the easiest way you can elevate your business is getting a really well thought out template that think, you know, has really thoughtfully considered, you know, how you can implement your own branding into it. And that's what I really appreciate about your templates too, is you're not going to buy a template and feel suddenly at a complete loss of how you can make it look like you, you know, exactly how to do that step by step. And so my last question for you to kind of wrap this up for you is people want to know more, where can they find you? Awesome. Um, They can find me at creativekin.lounge. I've started really posting a lot on there, just giving small tips and tricks, um, not only about design, but Canva and Squarespace and just how to use those programs that can make a huge impact for you. And again, like some of the design tips I've used in here, there's just small things here and there that can make a big difference in your brand. And I want to share them. I've always been so 
um, one of those people that gets so stoked on sharing things that I know. I just have like, I get, I'm a very passionate person. And so sharing yeah. what I know is we fun for me. I don't like to harbor it. I just am like, oh, let me tell you all these things I know. I can probably be annoying because I'm like, oh yeah, you want to sit down? Let's talk about it. But yeah, so if I can share it, I'm going to. And so that's kind of what Creative Kin Lounge has been. And um, we've got our website, creativekinlounge.com. But yeah, that's where you can find us. And I am always open to DMs and questions. Like I said, I love to share. So if you have questions, I'm always willing to answer them. She is literally amazing. I've learned more from from the last six reels that you posted about visual brand identity and having a recognizable brand than I have in my 13 years of being a business owner. So like this is this is a follow like truly worth worth doing on Instagram. I wanted to just like personally just say like as a side note like Haley you're so humble but like guys like I'm telling you her track record is sterling and I I you know me I'm a Scorpio. I I ain't the most complimentary person like but I, but I will say as far as creating brand identities that are both empathetic and impressive. I've never met someone that has a sellable design track record quite like yours. Like you have helped make consistent six-figure launches for so many clients. And I can't wait to see the impact that these businesses are going to have, even from just buying one template. Like the having something that is truly sellable makes all the difference. So mm-hmm. Haley, thank you so much for taking the time you've been doing this all with a baby on your chest and I'm just <laughs> blown away with you. Thank you for with us. Well, thanks for having me. It's always so fun to talk to you mm-hmm. and you and I can always go on these long trains of talking <laughs> so about design long. and marketing and strategy. So, I'm glad that we were able to stay focused. <laughs> this won't be the last time. So, for all of oh, you, yay. make sure make sure to look down below. I went ahead and linked to Haley's color guide. It is stunning please download it. You guys are going to absolutely love it. And I will look forward to seeing you guys all next week. Bye.